Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, I'm Kyla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us as we study the Word. Lila, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for today and to be able to gather together in your name, Lord, to learn more about you and discover the good things that you have in store for us, Lord. And I ask that you will minister to each one their needs, Lord, and that you will guide us as we go through this devotional, Lord, and share with us what it is that you have to reveal, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Welcome, everybody, to our morning Bible study. We are in 1 Corinthians, and this morning we're beginning chapter 13. So with that, can I get a volunteer to read the first seven verses, please? I will. All right, LeCharles. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understanding all mysteries and all knowledge, and, through, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I have given my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Amen. Amen. Well, again, as is our custom, I want to open the floor up to everyone to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to them and to ask any questions. Okay? Okay. 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 So, who would like to begin? I Where do you want to go? Okay, if you guys want to. Why don't you let Lila go first? You went first last time. That's okay. He's already. W- why don't you guys yeah. work with me? Okay. Go for it, Charles, And then, Lila, you can go after that. All right? Okay. Okay. I just have to go to where Jesus was hung on the cross. In what book? Matthew. I'm just flipping there real quick. Here, let me get there. Ah, Matthew 27, verse 32. Everybody's there, I presume. Now as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they had come to a place called Golgatha, that is to say, place of a skull, they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink. But when he tasted it, he would not drink. Then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and my clothing they cast lots. Sitting down, they kept watch over him there. They put up, put up over his head the accusation written against them. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and another on the left. <clears throat> okay, let's get this section real quick. I had to get... Mm. 
One second. What are you looking Mute. for, sir? Oh, I was just um, looking for where Jesus says it is finished. Since I already know that. And Jesus said it is finished. And then how that ties into what I was saying, it was when Paul was saying that it didn't matter if he gave all of his possessions to the poor, burned his body on a stake. It did nothing if he had not loved. Jesus wasn't grumbling against everybody while he was being hung on the cross and saying, I'm just doing this for the sake of it because the Lord told me to do this. As soon as I get off from here, I'm going to strike you all. But he had love and compassion towards them. And that's what Paul is getting at here. He's saying that if you're not doing it with the right heart and intentions of going through it, it profits you nothing. So let's say if Promise asked me to give him something. And after, while Promise, after a while, Promise bugs me to give it to him. And I get up angrily and give it to him and throw it on the floor. That profit promised nothing. I didn't do it with a good heart, and he still didn't receive what he wanted to receive from me. The same is true here. Paul is saying that he, you're supposed to do what the Lord tells you to do when he tells you to do it. Because when he tells you to do it, all the cir right circumstances will be met, and that you can go forth and it'll have the desired effect that you want. Okay. Um, the verse you're looking for, it is finished. Is in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 19, verse 30. But to your, your point, sir, right, when you start with verse 28, and I'll even read that for you. Of John? Yes, John 19. Okay. We're going to read 28 through 30. And it says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop, and put it to his mouth. So then Jesus, having received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Charles or, or anybody, I, I understand what you're trying to say, and it's, it is appropriate to say that Jesus did what he did with, um, he didn't do it begrudgingly. Yes. And it's your point that he did it from love and using that as the manifestation yes. of the fullness of love. But let's contrast that to a couple of different parables that Jesus told us, right? So uh, we have the story of the widow that kept coming before the judge, right? The yes. unrighteous judge until... He finally gave in to her to make sure that she got what it was, right? So he did that begrudgingly, right? Yes. And then we have the example of the man who came to his neighbor after the evening and pounded on the door, give me some bread, I've got some guests coming. And yet he finally got up and gave him some bread. So can you contrast those or would anybody like to attempt to contrast that? The difference between those in the nature of what was happening while it may seem like a good thing, it didn't have the desired effect that it should have had. Um, let's contrast that to when Jesus says he stands at the door and knocks. He doesn't pound on the door saying, let me in. He just knocks gently, I'd say. And then if you don't let him in, he goes away. But not he's still there, I should say. He's still there waiting for you to open the door, but he's not pounding on the door as though he's locked out. And, you're, and it's his house, really it is. And those parables that he gave, What the per 
with the unrighteous judge and the widow and how she kept bothering him to give. Wait, I have to read that first, even though I don't know where that is. No, you got it. You don't have to read it. Go ahead. Finish your thought. And how the unrighteous judge, he was kept being bothered by her and he eventually caved in. The difference is when we're supposed to be, when we're in Christ, we're not supposed to cave into unrighteous desires because the devil's always trying to pound on the door and try the window. So if we eventually cave in, we're going to just let the devil um, run free inside of our lives because he pounded just the right amount of knocks and now he has entrance? No. And it was... I say it was for an unrighteous cause with the judge. He had an unrighteous cause because he didn't want to deal with her, essentially. He was tired and angry of being pestered and looking at this woman who's just trying to, I'd say, have righteous done to her. Layla? I was just going to say the difference was this widow, she wanted justice, but it was an unrighteous judge in that place of authority and so she went to him in respect can you do this for me will you bring me justice and righteousness and this unrighteous judge unrighteous people don't really like doing righteous things so he got angry and upset and then after a while he's like you know what forget it give her what she wants so that she's out of my court and i don't have to listen to this now the other one with the bread they were friends and the gift of bread he was asking it in can you do this for me? Will you be a friend? Will you be kind to me? Will you show me this neighborly love and let me have some bread? Mm. Now, I probably wouldn't be woke, wanted to be woken up in the middle of the night for bread, but and I, I can understand that because you're sleepy, but you're supposed to be caring for each other. That's what a true friendship is like. You're both caring for each other and edifying each other, but when one slacks off and becomes tired of it, like the guy that was in his bed or the unrighteous judge they become tired of doing good, then it changes the dynamic and changes it from being a gift to get out of my face. Right. I just want to make sure because so often it's easy to take sections of Scripture and use them inappropriately. And that's kind of what I was doing, because if we look at what really Jesus was trying to teach us in those, was that he was talking about the persistence of asking, more in relationship to how we entreat our Father. I think more than anything else, if we go back and look at those, don't go too deep in those, but I just want to make sure somebody else wasn't thinking that Charles is listening and taking that the wrong way and saying, well, that's contradictory to what Jesus has said elsewhere. So I liked your point. I didn't want to miss that part that somebody would be able to discount it by trying to misapply something else someplace else. Thank you. All that was, was great. But Charles, I want to ask you to tie it all together because it can be tied together with the points that the Lord and Holy Spirit was speaking and ministering to you along with the points that Mr. Dean brought up. Okay. So when Jesus was on the cross, he was... The Lord didn't have to try to pester Jesus and say, get up there multiple times. He said, get up there, get up there, get up there. Then Jesus finally said, all right, Lord, I'll get up there. And he was angry and doing it. I know from own experience, if somebody did that to me, I get upset because if I don't do it the first time, I don't want to do it. <laughs> and, how, and how Jesus wasn't angry like that. As soon as the Lord told him to do that, while he was remorseful that he had to go through it, he said, let not let your will be done, Lord. And he went to go accomplish the will of the Father. And 
he was hung on the cross. And he didn't say, as soon as I get off, I'm striking everybody because I don't want to do this. He wasn't angry. Like, back to my example, when Promise asked me to give him something, I may throw it on the ground because I'm just that angry. Because I don't want to do it. But that's not how Jesus saw it. He saw it as an opportunity to show his love to the world and show how the right example goes forth and how to be the righteous person that is willing to sacrifice himself for the right thing. Okay. Those are good points. We read in John, in the Gospel of John, right? Verse 28 said what? John nineteen twenty-eight said what? After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be filled, said, okay. filled, so, said, I thirst. So, does that not sound exactly what Paul is saying here in the beginning of chapter 13? If I have all, if the tongues of men and angels, right? Yes. And the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith, right? You see that exemplified in Christ. It is stated very plainly right there in verse 28. That Christ contained, had, and exhibited all these things, these characteristics including love right he didn't grow tired of doing good right the the points that in the parables that mr dean brought up right you see that there is an an element of being tired or being we can phrase it another way inconvenienced right yeah. that's typically when emergencies or or people in the body of christ just people on the whole wherever they're at, need things. It's not always at a time or a place or a situation or a circumstance that's convenient for us. It doesn't change the fact that we are still required and should want to, should desire to show them the love of Christ in full and complete and help them out and minister their needs as the Holy Spirit leads us. All right? And that's what Christ was yes. doing. On the cross, the point that you were ministered by the Holy Spirit to bring up, right? Christ did that. He exemplified that. Even the night before, he, I'll say wrestled. It's more, he buffeted his flesh and got his will in line with the Father's will. Now, it's not convenient to go die on the cross. I assure you, it's not. Just to die, period, is, is not convenient. But it shows that he was willing to do that for us so that we could be redeemed. Mm -hmm. He didn't benefit. We benefited. We were blessed as a result of his obedience. So, and, and that became because of his love, right? Yes. Is that not John 3.16? Yes. For what? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Okay. So you see the same same thing there played out and by played I mean come to pass demonstrated, exhibited for us. So why should we get tired of doing good? Right? There's also the parable of the, the two brothers who were asked to go complete a task and one said Absolutely, I'll go do it. Oh, yeah. Paraphrasing, of course. Mm -hmm. 
and then never went. And the brother, and the one brother said, "No way, I'm not doing this, not for one second. But eventually, he went and did it because he knew it was right to do because it honored his father because it was also what his father wanted and requested. He just knew it was right to do. So eventually he went and did it. And, and you see the contrast there between the righteous and the wicked, right? Yes. Okay, eventually that second brother, second son, and the, <laughs> really, right, but of the two brothers, the second son who said no initially got his mind, will, and emotions in check and went and did what was required of him, what was requested, right? Because he knew it was yes. right to do. We shouldn't grow tired of doing good. We shouldn't do things begrudgingly. Right? Yes. Jesus didn't do it. His desire, his driving force was to be pleasing to the Father. Mm-hmm. And that should also be our driving force. Mm-hmm. Because, and we should want to be obedient because we love the Lord. With our entire being. Mind, heart, body, soul, and strength. And also because we love the Lord, we love his people, which is our neighbor. Doesn't just say Christians, doesn't just say believers, or those that consider themselves part of the bo- his body, the church. It's everyone, equally. He loved us while we were yet sinners. So while we were in opposition, wrap your mind around that. While we were in opposition, and fighting with him and doing everything humanly possible against him. He still loved us mm-hmm. and put himself, if you will, on the cross. Because that's what the Father requested and required of him. Mm-hmm. So why shouldn't we have the same approach, right? And then what Philippians says, have this, this mind that was in Christ Jesus, Right? Yes. So then we should approach it, life, and and everything, our walk, the same way. And bringing it a little bit more specific to what we're talking about in chapter 13, so I'm a worker of miracles, but I can't speak kindness to anybody. What What's the value in that? It's lost the the weight that God meant to go with it. It's lost its value. I, yes, you'll you'll be healed, but I'm cursing you basically in my language as in I don't really want to be here and grudgingly about it then it doesn't yield the fruit that God truly wants to be manifested through it and when we look at all the things that God said that people would know us by what pleases him what he desires it wasn't that we worked many miracles it wasn't that we laid hands on millions of people it wasn't it wasn't that we took up serpents he said we would do these things but that's not what he's looking for. That's not what he desires. He looks for our love one for another. If we love him, we'll keep his commandment. Right? And the commandment is yes. to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and to love our neighbor as ourselves, which is equal to you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Those are one and the same. But none of those spoke of you shall be the best prophet in the land. You shall know all the mysteries that there ever were. Now enter into my, my rest, thou good and faithful servant. That wasn't what the, 
that wasn't the, the stipulation, that wasn't the requirement. Yes, God ministers these things from us, but there's many people that will go, Lord, we, we did all these things in your name. We cast out devils in your name. And he will say to them, depart from me, I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. So, the disciples, the rejoice Im- not in these things, but that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Mm-hmm. And that is our love for him. When we love him, we'll keep his commandments. When we believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're walking and demonstrating that. And, you know, it can seem like a challenge when to hear walk in love. Well, what does it mean? Okay. When you look at chapter 13 here, verses 1 through 7, and you go through these, um, the description, the descriptor of love, the outline of love doesn't belong to us as human beings. It's set by God. He's the one who says what love is to him. This is, this is the standard. And I understand in the Greek, there's all kinds of loves. There's brotherly love. There's um, sexual love. There's, there's a variety of different kinds. And God gives, there's a place for them. There's a place for me to love my husband as a physical love. There's a place for me to love him as my brother. There's a place for me to love my children in their, their scope. But the one thing that doesn't change is the love of God answers everything. But nothing else can be in its place. What God does is perfect. And when we are in his kind of love, we're also able to delve out specifically the kinds of love that goes where it should be. So, for example, I don't give my the love, my physical love that belongs to my husband. I don't give it to anyone else. That kind of love. And God is able to disperse the love amongst my children and do it equally. I don't corrupt or, or taint that or make their a favorite or something of that nature. But when I operate in the love of God and I let that be my pursuit, okay, and I look at myself and I go, okay, am I, am I long suffering with people? Okay, do I have a time limit on how, how much grace I can give you? And then I'm ready to snatch it back up and your time is done. Am I kind to you or am I, as I lay hands on you, I'm going, I don't really want to do this, but be healed in the name of Jesus or things of that nature. That, that sounded rough. I know. But it doesn't change the fact that we're humans and there's the opportunity for that to come forth out of our flesh if we're not operating in the love of God. And they may still be healed, but it's not the perfection that God desires. Okay, I'll let you say that one, honey. So if you could, turn with me to 1 John, chapter 3. And it goes along with exactly what we've been discussing here, both the points that you brought up, Charles and and Dean, and also that you brought up, honey. And um, if I could volunteer to read verses 16 through 18, please. Now this is 1 John 3, 16 through 18, not the Gospel of John which we covered earlier. I'll read. All right, Charles, go for it. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Mm-hmm. If you shut up your heart from your brother or sister in Christ, how is the love of God in you? Right? That's that's the question. And then it continues. My little children, let us not love in word or tongue, just by our speech. All right? 
but in deed and in truth. What does that sound like? James? Right? Yes. Which says what? Lily, you're looking at me. <laughs> the funny look. What does it say? Let me get there just one second. Yeah, James. Beloved James. Mm -hmm. Yes. Beloved James. Well, do you find it? So you want to the don't just be hearers of the words, but you are also. Oh, okay, yes. And what? Also says, faith without works is dead. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's not just in in speech, but also by action. You will know. Some say they have faith. Right, and there are no works, but you will know my faith by my works. And it's not just again in the working of miracles and healing and prophecy and right, although that's that is a part of it. But it's also how again, let's let's put it in perspective here, because what is Paul doing? In this chapter he's building off of what he has been discussing with the the Corinthians, which is the body working together, right? Serving each other. Right? He's talking about corporate gifts from the Holy Spirit. So, you will know my faith by my works. By what? As, as you pointed out, honey. By the love for one another. Right? The body being built up in love. But also, you will know you by your love for one another. So, you will know my faith by how I'm also treating my brother, my neighbor. Not just those in the body of Christ, not just those that call, them, call themselves Christians or believers, but also those that are not yet believers. That everyone will see or be able to see Christ in and through me. That I would be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus the Christ, which is in Romans, right? Yes. Okay. So there, there you go. You see it again written here. We should all understand this, and not just understand, but we should be applying this to our lives. I assure you, if, if and when we, the body, applies this to our, every aspect of our lives, that we will truly see heaven on earth. It will be all the things that we've heard and have looked for and longed for. Right? Will there still be wickedness? Sure. But grace abounds more. But we as the body will really see how the body is supposed to move and function. How what we've been taught for so long. And we'll see it without hypocrisy. If we truly live by what it is saying here. I just wanted to add to that that um, I was reminded in the word of God that Jesus spoke of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the rulers of the day, and he reminded me that he put him in charge to shepherd the people, to serve the people, back of all the Hebrews back in that, in that time. And even today, he reminded me of how he raised up the pastors and the teachers and the preachers and the prophets to serve, to minister, to um, be that shepherd over his people to 
guide them and, and build them up and bring them closer to the Lord. And, 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 and that is a whole realm of things. And we've learned that many of the Pharisees and Sadducees decided to take that place that God put them in and used a lot of it for themselves. And, you know, if, you, if you're a person that was living in that time, you would have seen how what Jesus talked about because he, he lived in that time and he saw it as well. The first places at tables and attention and and profits and and it and it had nothing to do with the love of God shepherding the people. It was like Kamisha said, your mom. They they did these things for their own selfishness and gain, in recognition. It had nothing to do with the love of God. It was God put them here to do this, and sometimes after a period of time, you get tired of doing that stuff, and you become grudgingly doing it. And and with our leadership today, we all have to keep them in prayer as well, because they can also fall into the same traps of that recognition, or I'm better than this one, um, in not treating the body as you're a whole. We're a whole. We're all. We're all in this together. We're one. We're one in Jesus. I am no better than you are. I am, you know. Stand up. Don't don't bow down to me. I am, I am a servant of God, just like you are. You know that. That is, um, yes, it ties in with the love of God because if we're doing that title that God honors a person with, out of well, I'm, I've arrived to this. Well, you have arrived nowhere. You're going nowhere. You know, absolutely. So it's, it's those blessings that God gives us we need to remember. Pastor, I mean, Mr. Dean said something that really hit me. And he said, sometimes I have to be firm in love to tell people how things are. But God put on my heart as he was speaking that, he would also do something freely out of love for the person that God places before him at times because that is the love of God moving in the person. It's, it's that balance that God keeps us humble, you know? We have to be recognize things that God wants us to achieve, and he also wants to recognize the compassion and the love. I have to do this for you. I was told I have to do this for you. See, so with that being said, it's it's a love relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and love is not nice. Nice is the human version, mm-hmm. the human um, what is it? The synthetic version. Mm-hmm. I'll just be nice to you, but it's really covering something else. But love, the kindness, and the love of God involves truth, and truth doesn't always sound pretty, but it's what you need to heal. And it doesn't always mean it comes with flowery words, but it's the source, the place that it's coming from that denotes the love of God versus this is a human replication of a human version of what God wants to do. Go ahead, Dad. I'm sorry. Okay. Verse 2 and 3, there's some very noble things here. Like mm-hmm. Feeding the poor, giving your body to be burned, you, know, you figure becoming a martyr, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, but the bottom line is, but if you don't have love at prospect. Profits me, profits me nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, 
the bottom line is what God puts in you is what he wants out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the very first thing, you got to understand, you know, I've mentioned this before. Before your salvation came, love came first. Mm-hmm. Which is why he went, came down from heaven, became a man. Yes, to bring you salvation, but love did that. Mm-hmm. I think one of the finest examples we have is this one here from Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. I'm going to read the whole thing. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times. For this reason the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a certain king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. And when he had begun begun to settle them, there was brought to him one who owed him ten thousand talents. But since he did not have the means to repay, his Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children and all that he had and repayment to be made. (coughs) The slave therefore falling down prostrated himself before him saying, have patience with me and I will repay you everything. That was us. Mm -hmm. We kept sinning, we kept doing everything that was wrong. And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. What he doesn't want us to do is this. But that slave went out and found the one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And he seized him and began to choke him, saying, Pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell down and began to entreat him, saying, Have patience with me and I will repay you. He was unwilling, however, but went and threw him in prison until he should pay back what he was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all the debt because you entreated me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave, even as I had mercy on you? And his Lord moved with anger. See, we went from compassion to anger here. Mm -hmm. Big difference, night and day. So his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed to him. So shall my heavenly Father also do to you, if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. You were forgiven, he expects you to do the same. Mm-hmm. Forgiven all, so Forgi- we should yes, forgive exactly. all. There's no limitations yeah. on that. That's a, a great point. It begins, well, love, and as a result of that love, we are able to forgive. Love for the Father, but then love for our neighbor. So, thank you. It's great points. Let's pause there for today. Oh, there's a lot to reflect on, to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us, and we will we'll pick it up again next time. All right? Okay. Who wants to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, God. In your name, Lord Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to gather together and to discover your word, God, and to grow together as a family in 
to share what it is you've placed on our hearts, God, and the wisdom that you placed inside of each of us, God. Lord, we thank you for your love, God, and that you have grace and mercy on us, and that each day your mercies were renewed. Lord, we just thank you for keeping our listeners and our partners, God, and fulfilling what it is you said you would do for them, God, and that you're a keeper of your word. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.